You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today, we've got a big old review show for you as we talk about a Bronx tale in a booth that chastens and the color purple. Enjoy. It's Curtains Up on another episode of West of Broadway, a celebration of musical theater in Los Angeles. I'm celebrity publicist and theater veteran Will Armstrong, along with radio host, writer, and theater enthusiast, Lara Scott. Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) We're very excited to share reviews of three shows with you today. But first, let's get to some L.A. theater buzz. Well, the Pie Diner is open in the O.C. You remember I saw Waitress at Mm -hmm. Pantages a couple of months ago, and it was such a lovely surprise, a little slice of heaven, as it's (laughs) been called. But yes, Waitress is on now at Sagerstrom Center for the Arts in Costa Mesa. Interestingly, I was raving about the entire cast, all three leads playing the waitresses, are no longer with this production. Really? I, I'm guessing they've been snapped up. I know um, one of the gals who played Don went to Broadway to do that role, and Excellent. I'm guessing the other two got snapped up when they were here in L.A. for something. <laughs> so we have uh, three new leads, and one of them is Christine Dwyer, who I saw in Finding Neverland last year, who's just beautiful. She has the most beautiful voice. So she's taken over the the lead role of Jenna. So get to Sagerstrom Center if you can. It's on through November 25th, if I can read my left-handed writing correctly. Hopefully it is November 25th. <laughs> And the website for tickets is scfta.org, like Sagerstrom Center for the Arts, scfta.org. Perfect. Uh, Lara, I know you're going to love this one. Hooligan Theater Company will open their 14th season with a renowned stage adaptation of one of my favorite musicals, Singing in the Rain. And I know you love that I want to swing around a lamppost just (laughs) hearing that. Um, Hooligan will be performing this timeless and beloved piece on November 30th and December 1st in UCLA's Freud Playhouse. And for tickets, go to hooligantheater.org. So, Lara, as you know, I got a chance to see Bronx Tale on an opening night, and it was at the beautiful Pantages Theater, and I caught up with some of the cast members to ask them how it felt to bring their Bronx Tale to Los Angeles. Hi, I'm Michelle Aravena. I'm playing Rosina in A Bronx Tale. This is our opening in L.A., and uh, this is I've been to this theater about three times with three different shows, and there's something always a little heightened when we come to Hollywood uh, from New York or from Broadway. Um, 
everything is just so star-studded and we always get really excited as to who's going to show up at our show and so the excitement is a little a little overboard and and we love it we're so excited to be here my name is Brittany Williams I'm the only female swing so I cover both the Webster girls and the Italian girls the Pantages theater is gorgeous and when I first walked in I was just staring at the ceiling for like a good five minutes and everyone thought I was crazy but it's gorgeous. This is my first tour ever. It's just been like an amazing experience already. Of course the weather doesn't hurt with it being so warm here and so gorgeous. I feel like it's just a very chill vibe, a very different vibe. Hi, I'm Mike Backus. I'm playing Eddie Mush in a Bronx Tale Musical on tour. I think this is an important story that needs to be told. So it's it's a great honor that we're that we're serving here in LA and around the rest of the country because it really is a beautiful story that relates to everyone it's 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 about family it's about love it's about understanding and and the choices that we make and how that affects our lives this is a beautiful venue i think it's the most beautiful venue i've ever played on on tour yeah gorgeous thank you so much for having us hey this is joe barbara i play sunny in the bronx tale at the pantages theater in hollywood now through november 25th we are so pumped to bring the bronx to southern california come check us out I love his accent. It makes me feel like I'm on the East Coast. <laughs> and, Will, I was so sad that I couldn't go. I was all set, and then a babysitter canceled at the last minute. So I, I took the kids to see The Grinch. But I was thinking of you. It was so much fun. Okay, so this whole podcasting thing is is relatively new to me. But having all of my gear and showing up and being, like, legit press on the red carpet and, like, fielding questions from all of the stars of the show as they come through – it was incredible. Yeah. It was really so exciting, and it was so much fun to be at the Pantages Theater just having a ball, and the show was... Okay, so it's a relatively new show. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was watching an American classic. And this is based on Chaz Palminteri's one-man show, so this is based on a true story. Yes, exactly, mm -hmm. and it was fantastic. It, it, it had all of the elements of a classic Broadway musical, like from... The incredible ensemble, the beautiful scenes, the music by Alan Menken, the choreography was fantastic, and then the story was just so compelling and not what I expected at all. In what way? Uh, in the, it was a commentary on race in America during that time and how, like, pe people didn't like you stuck to your stoop and your part of town and you didn't cross over. So if this this section was predominantly Italian, this part was African American never the twain should meet and watching that Romeo and Juliet West Side Story West Side kind of element that came to mind. it was yeah. so cool and, but because at first I sat down and I was like okay I'm watching Jersey Boys and then it's like because that, that's what the commercial says it's like Jersey little, Boys yeah. meets West Side Story it completely was but in the most wonderful way and the casting was just incredible it was it was like any of these guys could have been on the Sopranos like the all of the dancers were beautiful the, the little boy who played the um like the, the the narrator during the beginning was so fantastic like he's just his beautiful voice in, incredible comedy like uh, it was just it was incredible i went stag to the theater i was there all by myself but i was fortunate enough to sit in the in the in the lobby i mean in the house next to i want to say six different couples of season ticket holders and these were six completely like they were all 
I, I can only imagine they were strangers before they got their tickets, but they've been going for years. So every single production, they reunite. They have about 15 minutes of chit-chat. Then they sit quietly in the dark, and they have this experience. And then the lights come up, and they say goodbye to each other, and they don't see each other again until the next show. But over the years, they've become friends. And they have they, – they how's your daughter? How's the wedding? How's the, it was so cool. To, and then they know – other season ticket holders they're like that guy up there in the front he's been a season ticket holder for 25 years and like they like know like the goss like uh, <laughs> the, hot, the, lay of the, land. the hot goss in the Pantages wow. theater it was so and i they and it was so fun like to hear the husbands talking and they like they were talking about how excited they are for hello dolly that's coming up and that all the different productions yeah, that are... it's so classic next season yeah oh mm-hmm. my god it's straight up american classics it's yeah. crazy but you know what well that almost sounds like a show and you could do it where we're speeding through people's lives over the years based around all of these different shows and you could do clips of all the different shows i've just come up with a musical you're welcome <laughs> you're, now we all we have to do we have melanie who's a writer right here she can do it <laughs> what's alan minkin doing does he have oh, some free time it do the was music? so his his music was it was so good and the t- that it was just i really really enjoyed the production oh wonderful and it's here for it's not here that long right like uh, mm-hmm. i think another week yeah yeah so check out the pantages uh, everything there is excellent and up next is wicked uh, i can't yeah, wait yeah <laughs> well you know it's really fun because there are so many wonderful places to see a show in southern california and as we've mentioned we're bringing in help <laughs> like we need people to help us so we're calling in our friends melanie hooks is one of those she's a well-respected reviewer and writer in fact Maybe she can tell us about her screenplay in a minute, if it's not top secret. Mm. We're so happy that she has joined our podcast ensemble to help cover shows here in SoCal. And today we're going to chat with her about opening night of In a Booth at Chasen's at the El Portal Theater in North Hollywood last Sunday. Melanie, welcome to West of Broadway. Thank you, thank you. It is a pleasure and an honor. Thank you, my love. Well, thank you for joining us. And hello to your cousin, Brittany, (laughs) who is here hanging out. Yeah, in the house. This is exciting. (laughs) We have actual live people here in the studio with this. All right, so Mel, you texted me on Sunday and said, this is quite the scene. And you had a couple of photos from the red carpet. Can you describe that scene for us on opening night? Certainly. It is gorgeous. If you haven't been to the El Portal in North Hollywood, you certainly should check it out. It is an old 1920s classic movie theater and live stage theater. Just gorgeous. And a lot of the people who were there on the red carpet had had white hair. A lot of them (laughs) were there because of the, the subject matter. They clearly had known the Reagans and were in Hollywood and players in that period of time. Wow. So it was very exciting. There's cocktails and canapes, and you couldn't move. Uh, it was quite challenging because there were several guests in wheelchairs, and they actually became celebrities because they got their path cleared yeah, all the I'm way sure. through all the way through the madness. And there was an original booth from Chasen's, which was a really big, hot Hollywood uh, hangout for many, many years, and they had one of them on loan, even though the building has long since gone. They saved a booth. They saved a booth. It was beautiful. You know, the deep mahogany wood and the green, you know, leather, whatever Mm -hmm. it it really was, (laughs) sitting there, and everybody's uh, eating and chatting around. It was a lot of fun. I feel glamorous just hearing you talk about that, you know, because, I mean, there's not a whole lot of places left. Well, I mean, there are places, but it feels like they're disappearing every day. We hear about efforts to save them, and that's one of the great things about being here in L.A. is that people are so uh, historically minded like that. But uh, so Chasen's, this fabulous hotspot from back in the glamour days of Hollywood. Did the show have that feel? Like, you know, there's there's only two actors in the show. Can you describe? what the show was like yeah it uh it gives it an interesting feeling uh just having those two because you're just concentrating on the courtship it literally only covers the two years that those two people were dating ron and nancy uh reagan when she was just 
an ingenue in Hollywood, um, and he was already well-established and divorced, or divorcing when the show opens. Uh, so the people who do the music actually, I thought, did a really good job of capturing their personalities and the songs, which is uh, very talented. Um, and we'll get into the music in a second. But the writer and poet Sam Bennett did the book and uh, brings just a great sense of both of those people. Neither one of them share easily. And so the, the it actually has a polished feel, partly because those characters aren't going to let you in. But for one or two moments during the show, you really get into into who they were and what drove them. That's fascinating. Speaking of mm-hmm. Ron and Nancy, yeah. did your opinion or your inter- like what you thought of sure. them before the show change yeah. by the end of the show? It did. I, I actually have to admit, I went in a little jaded uh, sure. and a little hesitant to trust those characters uh, because I knew that Ronald Reagan was uh, heavily involved in cooperating with the House on Un-American Activities, and they did not shirk away from that in the show. Uh, the director, Kay Cole, you could tell that was going to be a main thrust of the show. Um, it opens with her, him meeting Nancy Reagan as a starlet on a blind date because she's trying to convince him to get her, trying to convince him to get her off the blacklist because wow. she had been blacklisted. Wow! Right, and she's claiming to not be a communist, and he says, "Oh well, I know that," and of course she has nice legs, so Wait, that helps. That's how Ron and Nancy met. That's how they met. I had no idea. Yeah. One of their that's friends, incredible. who was an actor, set them up to try and uh, to try and get her off of the blacklist, and he did. And then, actually, one of the one of the stranger musical numbers, the only one that really sort of caught me off guard, was him singing about his political beliefs because he's talking about how he really believes uh, in the strength of the freedom of the American press and how people should get to represent themselves and not be tarred and feathered just because of name calling. So he really is. Uh, presenting himself as a very fair-minded person who was genuinely frightened of communism and used his position as the head of the Screen Actors Guild to try and save America or the the freedom of the American screenplay. So it's a, it's a difference. She, I got really a lot of insight into her because you realize as a woman of her period, she had no ambition that was socially acceptable. So although she starts off as a starlet, you can immediately see her seeing somebody of greatness with great potential in Ronald, and she's already trying to push him into politics, which he had no interest in. Wow. So you can see she's already the woman behind him before they ever It's kind of like Ava Perone and Evita. It really is. Wow. Mm -hmm. And she has a big number like that. Oh. I know. (laughs) Which you do not expect from Nancy Reagan. (laughs) So she comes out and belts out a number about, oh, okay, I don't want to give too much away. In red. Oh, the woman in red. Danger. Right. Dangerous woman. If right. you're gonna have Kelly Dorney play the role, you're gonna have there a you belt. Are. Yeah, we like her. Yeah, she's a powerhouse. <laughs> yeah, you can feel that she's contained for part of it, and then she gets to let it out. That's awesome. Yeah, Which is great. And then oh. she pulls it back in. So you enjoyed the music. I did. And this was opening night. It was. And you know, I I saw a musical called Cagney based oh, on James Cagney that yes. opened there. Uh, it was a whole year ago now. It popped right. up as a Facebook memory. And I remember everybody in that theater. We kind of had the feeling that this could go to Broadway. This right. is something that could be that big. Mm-hmm. What did you think about this one? Do you feel like there's there's some more life for this one after this run at the El Portal? It's a very short run. It's a very short run. It's only through the November twenty fifth. I'm not certain that it's going to catch fire like a show like that did, just because the the interest base for it might be a little bit more limited, and it is only about their courtship. So essentially, it really is a love story. I almost felt like 
limiting it to two actors actually limits the power of the world that they were living in because it really is only about those two people. I felt, so there's no big dance numbers. There's no big, you know, like Tap a big chorus line. Yeah. Right, right, right. That comes, It's it almost plays like a smaller black box play, but with music and big stars yeah. and, and big personalities. So it might be a more difficult sell for a Broadway type. Mm -hmm. um, I think it would do well in regional theater because it's a great showcase for two actors, but it's not, huge you right. know the scope of a show maybe isn't a broadway type show yeah but a very talented team behind it very and what talented. a chance for two actors to oh, shine just, and they did and carry this whole thing well let's talk about the famous jason's chili because right. they were serving up some food there How cool yes is that? yes um fantastic they actually had the jason's chili and the uh cream corn chowder and they were both incredibly delicious they had a whole big uh, festival of fixings that you could add on and there's even lines of course in the play about the chili and whether you should or should not have that on a date uh, right because that's what it's actually famous for <laughs> which is a good question I thought yeah and the music uh, I, I said I was going to reference that and I totally forgot but uh, Al Kasha and Phil Swan Tony nominated Academy Award winner uh, for Al Kasha so they do just a beautiful, beautiful job. It's lively, it's catchy, a good sense of the characters, um, and really the most successful numbers are when they're arguing. You know, it's always so fun to have one of those, sure. you know, potato, potato Absolutely. types of songs. <laughs> so, And there's several love songs that are very sweet, but I thought when they were arguing it was far sweeter. <laughs> Straight away. Well, um, let's talk about your own personal projects, because I was I was bragging to Will. I'm like, you're working so on some sweet. stuff that's really cool. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, Laura and I actually have old Hollywood in common. Uh, I've just uh, finished writing a pilot that I've worked on for three years of research about the code, which is the production code uh, that in the end leads to censorship of Hollywood right after the 1929 coming of sound. Uh, so it features Frances Marion and a whole cast of amazing female screenwriters because back in the day, 50% of screenwriters were women, which is incredible. Right. We were we were so uh, shocked to hear that we statistic because we always heard that it was the guys running everything. Correct. And for a while it was. But before that, it was the women. Right. Now the women are coming back, a which is amazing. They're coming back. Yeah. So um, will we see the screenplay brought to life soon? or If any representatives or agents are listening, <laughs> yes. Well, MelanieHooks.com. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. What's your contact info so we can keep sure. up with you? Uh, MelanieHooks.com is a great place to find me online. And then uh, Melanie13, M-E-L-A-K-N-E-E, -E -E 13, are my handle on all social media. Perfect. Wonderful. Great. And you know what? Thank you so much for going to check out In a Booth at Chasen's. I'm glad that, that you enjoyed yourself. And thank do you, you have the info for tickets, uh, theater info? I do not. Oh, wait. I remember. In a booth at Chasen's. In a booth at Chasen's. .com. <laughs> it's El Portal Theater, North Hollywood. Uh, Easily found. Well, we talked to Ron and Nancy on one of our previous episodes, Kelly and Brett, and right. they were lovely. And Love you could it. tell that they were putting so much of themselves into it. Right. So I'm, I'm really happy for them. I'm glad it was such a great opening night. All right. Great. Thank you for sending me. You're listening to West of Broadway with Will Armstrong and Lara Scott. In our last episode, we had the pleasure of speaking with two of the stars of Greenway Court Theater's production of The Color Purple. Well, the show is open to great success, and the audiences are walking away truly moved and inspired by this powerful story and the exceptional cast. Yes, and we'd like to welcome two more new ensemble members to the podcast, Elizabeth Lucen and Craig Sherman, who are incredible actors and voiceover talents. And Craig and I know each other from radio. They were at the press opening last Saturday, and I'm so curious to hear 
hear more about the show because it sounded so powerful. Like you were saying, well, Craig and Elizabeth, welcome to West of Broadway. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, and we're so happy that you got an opportunity to see the production. Uh, Lara and I have yet to see it, but we heard it was beautiful and very intimate. We would love to know your opinion of the show. Well, I totally agree. Uh, the, the theater was so charming and comfortable, uh, very, very intimate. It wasn't one that I had been to before. Uh, it was a smaller theater, you know, when you think of, like, compared to, obviously, the Pantages or Amundsen or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, the production was no less impressive, and in fact, this show worked wonderfully in that intimate sm- intimate space, I think even more so than it would have on the big stage. Wow. Well, really, the, the stage just kind of had an exterior of a cottage or home of the time period, and it was really simplistic but beautiful, and there were a couple hanging pictures coming from the ceiling, and everything was just kind of a neutral ground, which I thought was really powerful because really it was just the actors that told the story and and got you so invested. You weren't looking at anything bright or flashy. You were just so focused on everyone bringing the story to life, and they're really the heart of what actually pulled you in. Uh, Was this your first experience with this production? Had you seen any other versions? I had seen it on... (laughs) (laughs) Yes and no. (laughs) Oh, okay. And... To be honest, I didn't really love it that much. I'm not sure why, but I think when I went to see this version, my opinion completely changed. I think really the intimacy of the venue and being able to connect with the talent that closely really allowed the audience to feel like they were a part of the story. And I was very moved and had tears in my eyes several times, and it felt like such a powerful and and connected piece and I was shocked on how different my opinion was having seen it, you know, probably 10 years ago. The way they used set pieces as opposed to the actual exterior set, they used the set pieces to change the different locations. And with you being so close to the audience, you actually felt like you were right there in the middle of the church revival or right there in the juke joint. Now, did you feel like you could follow along, Craig? Because I saw the show for the first time recently, and it took me a minute to kind of figure out who was who and what was happening and how they were connected. Were you able to just kind of jump right in and go with it from the beginning? Uh, In fact, Elizabeth and I actually talked about that. There were some confusing uh, plot points and moments where all of a sudden uh, someone was married to someone else, and you didn't really see that coming, and that's a, did I miss something? <laughs> and it seemed like later on, uh, as the show was, you know, winding up, it it had progressed over a, over a multi-decade period, but you didn't really see the passage of time until suddenly at the end when they were all old. Right. That makes I, I I can I can see how that could be easily. That makes a lot of sense. What was funny for me is. When we interviewed April Nixon and Gabrielle Jackson uh, recently, Sugar Seely, yeah, they, especially April, she was so confident that they have a wonderful, beautiful, like you could just. She was excited for an audience so that she could really perform this mm-hmm. role. Like I could just tell, she, uh, like what was what were their performances like? They were both amazing. To be honest, the entire cast was wonderful. I really. I was going through the program thinking about everyone, and I was like, oh, I have to talk about this person. Oh, I have to talk about that person, because everybody really had a standout performance in their own way, which I don't feel that I often walk away from a theatrical piece feeling that way. But really, truly, I felt everyone was so well cast, 
um, Gabrielle and April, like you were talking about, they were both powerhouses in their in their own rights, and I really felt connected to every character, to be honest. And I was so surprised and excited by that. And Craig, let me yeah, ask. I you thought that uh, in addition to the incredible voices. Uh, all of the acting was very authentic and genuine. I, I particularly liked um, Aaron Braxton, who played Mister. Uh, just so so believable. Just and all these guys really just in the moment the whole time. How did you guys feel walking out of there? Because I, I remember <laughs> saying to Will after we saw it, uh, I I don't even I just want to go sit somewhere and kind of process what I've just seen because you've been on this incredible journey and just you know with this time and and this time that we're living in right now how timely this great story is you know how did you guys feel when you walked out of the theater Saturday night? To be honest, I felt like you know I was really touched by Aaron Braxton's character, like you were saying. Uh, Craig that played Mr. Because you really saw what a pivotal transformation that character had. And I spent the entire time kind of hating him throughout the show, his demeanor. Mm -hmm. And then I really left in tears wanting him to succeed and wanting, wanting him to find redemption. And it, it just really, it made me feel like it's really never too late to express um, and rewrite the wrongs in your life and to really make a change for the better for yourself and, and other people around you. That really touched me. Yeah, and I agree. It was, it was very powerful uh, in a lot of ways. And Celie's uh, journey, I thought, was, was especially relevant to much of what's going on in society today with, with a lot of the struggles that minorities face. And then at the end, that, that message of change and redemption and hopefulness uh, left, you, left you feeling very inspired as you walked out. What I loved about Celia's character, too, is that although she kept facing incredibly difficult situations the entire show, she kept going. She never gave up. And, you know, although her character could have been weakened by the situation, she was exceptionally strong and her strength just continued to grow. And I think Gabrielle was a, a perfect casting choice in that regard because she really grew with the story. And I just felt like she ended on top of the mountain with with a happy ending that I was really longing for. So that made me very happy. (laughs) It is, yeah. It really is a perfect ending. Well, really quickly, before we give some ticket info on the show, I want to ask, because you two were just in a production of Mary Poppins in Glendale at a wonderful theater there. Do you have any other projects coming up that we can watch out for? Uh, I'm actually working on a show right now in Simi Valley at the Cultural Arts Center called Plaid Tidings. Uh, oh, I love that show. Flat it's tidings. running December fifteenth through the thirtieth. Perfect. Um, and uh, it's just it's just a fun uh, Christmas musical review with uh, four guys who form the group Forever Plaid, and uh, it's just you know it's just good Christmas entertainment for the whole family. Love it. That does sound really fun, Elizabeth. <laughs> anything coming up for you? Well, I just finished final callbacks for a show, so I can't really say just yet what it is, but I have a good feeling it's going to work out. It was um, really a really good experience. Oh, I just wanted to add one more thing because something really cool happened at the end of the show. We actually had no idea that the writer of The Color Purple, Ali Willis, was actually sitting right behind Craig and I the entire time, one of the writers of the show. Were you guys hopefully clapping at the right moments then? (laughs) Being a really good audience member. And everyone sang happy birthday to her. Oh my gosh. Isn't that incredible? Like when something just out of the ordinary happens like that, like you know you're going to remember that forever. Yeah. 
it was so yeah, special no and I was so happy for her because it was such an amazing production and I felt like wow what what must it feel like to be able to sit in the audience and think wow I I helped write this and make it happen and look how it's affecting all these people sitting here watching it right now and you could tell she was thrilled and the cast was thrilled rightfully so and it was just a really special moment to be a part of for sure it is running uh, November 9th to December 9th at the Greenway Court Theater which is on Fairfax Avenue, right near, um, not too far from the Grove in Canner's Deli. Um, and their website is greenwaycourttheater.org. So you can definitely go on there and get some tickets. Yeah. And one of the best things about the theater was the uh, free parking at the high school next door. For anyone who lives in L.A., you know that never happens, especially on a weekend. Yeah. Yes, on well, a weekend evening. I feel like it's your reward for braving Fairfax. Yes, for making it there. They're like, come on in and park for free. You made it this far. Well, Elizabeth Lucid and Craig Sherman, thank you so thank you. much for joining us on West of Broadway. That was a fantastic review. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. My thank pleasure. you. Thank you, guys. I feel like we found a new theatrical gem, so I'm excited to go back and see what they have. Well, that is it for today, an action-packed episode of Wester Broadway. Thank you, Ken Melanie. Yeah. Yay! Here in the studio with us. All right, you can check us out online and catch up on previous episodes at westofbroadwaypodcast.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode. And you can reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lara Scott Media. And I'm Will Armstrong PR across all social platforms. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. And if you're looking for us, remember, you can find us just west of Broadway. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.